talking about Stephen Foster? Yeah. You know a Stephen Foster joke? No. Well, I, 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 no, I was, I was working on one. And it wasn't... See, now it's bad. <laughs> what? I was going to... I don't know. Come on. I was going to... Something about his brother would be... It'd be Stephen Foster Wallace would be... So it was... It didn't make no sense. Okay. <laughs> Funny you should say that. I have... <laughs> David Foster Wallace right here. His, well, son, his brother is Stephen Steve. Foster Wallace. So uh, do we need a, a microphone for Anne for, no. when, for when she giggles? No, I'm good. It's the best giggle. Yeah, I we know can. it's the best giggle. I mean, it could be our new logo even. So this this has appeared too. You know? <laughs> my, my daughter Anne Magnuson is hanging around right now. So she's in the background making noise. Uh, All right, so where 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 the flock were we, Moses? Yeah, we, we were uh, at the point where if anybody says the word "appropriate" one more time, it's going to be. I'm going to call memoir on you, yeah. <laughs> and we're going to go back to memoir. We're going to inappropriate your ass. Is That's what we're right. going to do. So we're going to we're gonna, like an eagle, <laughs> like an eagle circling after you know, carrying, circling around a topic as we are apt to do. The thing is, we can talk in generalities about this stuff as long as we want, right? Right. Appropriate. Okay, so there are large sociological issues. But is that really, uh, I mean, questions that need to be answered, considerations that need to be adhered to, but what we can do in in a nuts and bolts way is consider the mechanics of writing. Within, whether you're appropriating or not, whether you're making up your memoir or not, you still got to have the tools, know how to use the tools. You got to have all the Lego parts to build something. Inappropriate though it may be. Right. So. Well, those things are absolute. Within like, reason. Like grammar, for instance. Grammar's grammar. pretty much ironclad. But did you ever, when's the last time you studied, well, you teach grammar. Yeah, but I think the up. last time I ever studied grammar was... Uh, you know, like seventh grade or something. I've been down this block a lot of times that it comes up whether or not we're going to talk about grammar. Right. And, you know, maybe maybe we're talking about something of which grammar is a constituent part. Like, it's you easy know. to generalize the whole thing. Like, if you say, okay, grammar, that means, oh, my God, there's something I got to learn. Yeah. You know, right. there's some mm-hmm. there's some Nazi right. goes with grammar always now, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, but that's... It's a subset of a larger set of tools, right? Okay, yeah. so what are those tools? Are they rhetorical tools? It's rhetorical tools. Uh, I guess the word is devices, right? Re- rhetorical devices. Yeah. Sentences, mm-hmm. sentence construction. Sentence construction. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfects and past perfects and appositives and... And various sorts of conceits and constraints, you know? So okay. like if you just say you're going to write... Uh, like Marcello's talking about, you know, writing a, a, a book where characters are emailing each other, right? So that's would yeah, be yeah. An, that's an epistolary form. It's right. The the story's told in a form of a letter, you know. So the conceit you pick a form is it going to be multiple narrators in first person? It's going to be first person or at last? All those things we've been talking about with point of view. Right. I think what I think it's like a house, like. You know, we saw some of the houses that they've built on the street here. And maybe a house might uh, appropriate a certain type of architecture. Uh, maybe a style that's offensive to the neighborhood. But whatever it is, it's got to be built solidly and leak-proof and plumb. 
Yeah, and, and actually... So there's actually, a certain amount of carpentry that goes on to, into a story. Here's something interesting about getting houses built. Anybody who's had a house built, no matter how good the workmanship has been mm-hmm. when it was put together, man, shit going to break down. Right, mm-hmm. so there's a, there's inherent flaws in all the workmanship. Even the, you know what I'm saying? Sure, yeah. there is, and yeah. that adds an idiosyncrasy to everything, right? But at least it's something that works while it's in the process of deteriorating. It's, it serves its function, <laughs> just like all of us. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I mean, I, I qualify it like that that all things deteriorate. So like, you're not aiming for a, it's not a good thing, or a simple thing. It's something that's always going to be inexact. The only thing, I mean, you guys have studied all this, right? You're, you're all English majors, or, and I just have an MFA, which they just assume, <laughs> well, they yeah. assume you know grammar. They assume, and I, you know, by the time you're my age and, and have written somewhat, you know, you kind of take a grammar on an instinctual level, right? Yeah. Well, let's back up just a second for me. So for me, like my background, where I'm coming from as far as language yeah. goes and grammar is... Well, in Argentina, the, the idea of translation is very much part of your life. You go to translators for everything because it's a type of country where people are trying to leave or it's not, the, it's not has never been the place that you want to stay unless you were already born into a certain class. So it, the basic thing, like if you want to move to Italy and you want to get a European passport via a grandparent that was born there, and there's a law that allows you to become that citizen and you have to get everything translated from Spanish to Italian. This idea of language is very especially students or people who are educating the Argentine system are very aware of grammar. It's not something that's entirely intuitive. Where I found here growing up, which is interesting, I wasn't even born here. My brother was the first one born here, George Washington, named after George Washington. Nice. And What was his name? Uh, his, name is, his name is George. <laughs> well, back then we had the AP&P in 1966. AP&P was... Give you a twenty dollar. He's on today. Yeah, give you give you a twenty dollar. You get a twenty dollar bonus if you named your child after a a U.S. president. Cool. And so my dad, of course, didn't put him for the twenty. Yeah, he didn't put Corke. He put George. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he got Miller (laughs) Fillmore. (laughs) I got Wyatt Earp. You're just you're lucky you're not getting stunted mushroom head. Oh my god! Speaking of mushrooms, ladies and gentlemen, Stormy Daniels, pro stylist, (laughs) Stormy Vasquez. Right. I have no idea what my point was. I think I think you're you're trying to get at the idea that um, we just take it's uh, not in, in this need- country we take uh, grammar for granted and maybe we we play a little fast and loose with it because who needs to study grammar because I already know how to talk and write grammatically correct right and it's also what a pejorative term like you were saying the grammar lady yeah the grammar and somebody's going to be a stickler and this this is important to to draw a distinction before you get into that is. Is there is the grammar. People who can speak all different levels of the language and can't even read it still speak in a grammar, right? Absolutely. And then there's the usage. And usage dictates that there are certain norms you have to follow which are projected down upon you, you know? Right? Like right. slang terms or, you know, me and Eddie are tired of listening to you can't do that, you know? Right? Correct. Like... Yes, you can. Well, you, you what? Yeah, you can. Yeah, but it's illegal, you know. <clears throat> okay. 
You know, to whom, to whom am I speaking? Right, 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 right. right. It's in who am I talking to? Right. You know? But I'm saying that's allowed. Yeah, but like, like, you know, you're not supposed to split infinitives, for instance. Where does that come from? You can't split an infinitive. Right. Well, how would you split an infinitive? To boldly go where no man has gone. Put boldly in front of Yeah, to mean, go two? is the infinitive form of the rule, and you verb, and you put an adverb in the middle. So, like, to, to effectively to communicate, to... Can't do that? Well, well, you can. Yeah. It's we just do, that we do this it all is, the time. You're not supposed to split your infinitives. This came down from an Anne High. I don't know Herman but, Melville. No, no, no I don't he even wouldn't know. have cared about that. Hon- no. Honestly, I, I just have to leave the room because I don't even know what an infinitive is. Oh, but well, Jesus, two, fuck, but, so Rick! Just explain, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> fucking Christ! Explain this to me. Oh man, things, things going downhill now. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> you guys it's talking all over my head now because I'm a guy who takes grammar for granted. It's the base form of the verb to speak. Yeah. Oh, that's the informative. The infinitive. Infinitive. Oh, and actually, one one fun well, thing. How, what are you splitting? Well, we're putting any, two. Any verb has two words. They, they it'd be oh. to be. Or okay, go. so to boldly go. So you're splitting, way to you're think splitting about the infinitive. Is you right. can turn any noun into a verb by adding the, the oh. infinitive. So you have book, to book, had booked, had been booking, would have been booking. Right. But Part it's of, built off a noun. No. And, and all right. verbs, the, the strongest verbs are built off, they're conjugated off noun. So because the, the root form of all verbs is really two words, in theory, you don't want to divide something that is two words but it's really one right it's, it's like putting uh, a comma you mean. if you say um there you but if, if you use a correlative conjunction you know yeah. like neither here nor there or, yeah. or uh not this but that that's why you wouldn't put a comma between not and but because not and but is, that function that is a then adverb of itself i see right? so so then that but that's not a law it's just somewhere in there they said you must the not only, do that in our publications so okay, maybe, so you're passionate about this. Yeah, and I, but, but I, I hate all the terminology that's attached to it. I hate the, like, well, you're a grammarian or something. And, and the thing is, really, is I think is the, a way to get some kind of conscious understanding of how all of it works and what's the difference between the actual function of grammar and argument and the conventions that are applied to the actual function. As per- pertains to what we do. Right. Mm-hmm. Fiction, poetry, narrative, speculative memoir, whatever, whatever we're aware of. You know, for the record, we never did talk much about speculative memoir. Mm-hmm. There's a speculative memoir. The thing like, I'm going to go fishing and I'm going to catch a big fish and then the stars about that big fish. Wait, like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Yeah, uh, sitting on a pickle barrel. Did you say the M, the M word? He did. No, speculative. 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 Memoir. <laughs> Speculative. Hey. We're back in memoir. No. And the worst kind. <laughs> I know. I think, I think when we talked about it before, didn't we all just agree that all memoir is speculative? And that it's just a spectrum? A truth spectrum? And you decide where on the spectrum is the dividing line between memoir and fiction. Every memoir should begin with a subjective mood. If or, or some kind of mood, I were a dog. <laughs> you know, well, you don't have to say that now, do you? Uh, no, I don't. Ain't <laughs> no if he were a dog. L dog. Yeah, L dog. L dog. 
it's the de- it's the deal is do you know what you're doing are you writing based on uh, conscious decisions most mostly no so you think everything's coming out of your subconscious <laughs> he's coming out of his ass gonna say another word out your ass i came to in time would you like me to show you where i hold my pen no <laughs> <laughs> Not where. I don't how. even like to think about where you hold your pen. Isn't that that's the great Clark Lock line? I can write better than you, but I'm holding this pen in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I could, could take send back into our workshop. P.S. Don't chew on the pen. <laughs> <laughs> so here I am appropriating a Clark joke. No, I why not? Yeah, I know. We're rehearsing around, but knowing what else. you're doing, man. I'm telling you, that's the thing is, is who knows what they're doing? What's the best way going about it? I remember back in the day when we first met up, first book that you turn and you need to read this. It's the rhetorical grammar where I began to learn about the different sense patterns. Yeah. Subject complement. Yeah, and you start, you know, we'll direct our readers to go find Martha Cohn's you know, seven sentence patterns, but it basically starts on the subject verb, subject complement pattern, right? Which is a subject to an adjective. Um, Billy was sad, right? And it has an adjective, and that's an equal sign sentence. Or you can change the, you can change it to a, a noun instead of an adjective, and that becomes the uh, predicate nominative, right? So like like this Billy was an asshole. <laughs> asshole is the predicate nominative. <laughs> no, but like so like she gets you to understand the most basic form of expression is this is that, right? Correct. And that's really that's all you need to know really to start understanding how to do a transformational approach to to, to looking at the grammar. Because if you have he was sad, you have a gap in the sentence between he and the word was that you could put an adverb in there in some way. Or you, you could put, before Billy, you could put an adverb. Right. Yesterday. Yesterday. You see what I mean? So you, you know, start yes, learning. Yesterday, like, my dog beat up another dog. So the element of the sentence is a subject, verb, subject, complement. And you think, like, your structure is to have this, and you can fill in on it. You can ornament on it. You can expand on it. So you're instead of, instead of just randomly writing something, you're, composing each sentence discreetly. For me, it was always when I had nothing. Looked at the page and it was a big blob. And I began to look at language closely and start, wow, the reason this is a mess I fucked up in the very beginning. This is incoherent. How can I go back to the language and let that take me to the story? I guess, you have, I guess this might be a discussion between beginning with the idea or beginning with the first line. A kind of discussion as far as Oh yeah, the, creating work. Yeah, the plotters versus the pantsers. <laughs> Character driven versus. We talked driven. about that, didn't we? Can't remember. The plotters. plotters versus pantsers. I guess I'm pointing this out. Is trying to how does how does this matter to a writer who's writing fiction? Somebody asked me, do we, do you write conscious of these things? And I I have to say I don't because mostly I don't know them. I have never. I haven't been. You know. I pick it up here and there. Yeah. But even the stuff I've picked up, sometimes I might consciously think, oh, how could I f- spruce up this sentence? Oh, I'll put it in a positive. Okay, fine. Yeah. That's more of a revision thing, maybe. But, but when I'm just drafting, I've, 
just trying to tell the story without, you know, biting my own tongue off. I don't know. What do you think? Do you... Yeah, it's there's a lot of it. Uh, the, these two know much more about grammar than than I'll ever know. Yeah, and right. uh, but it's it's weird because you think there's a lot of uneducated people with no education at all in writing that have written some damn good books. Oh yeah, certainly Absolutely. they had it. Certainly they had help with right. the editing, whatever. But still, to be able to put those ideas down in a coherent manner, even though maybe the grammar is all screwed up, it's not. It's it's it's, it's, it's not, not screwed up. It's it's, it's conventionalized. Yes. It's yeah. right. Yeah. So like, I can tell when somebody's not under control. Yeah. Lots of times by adverbial by by introductions to nouns and sentences that act as an adjective, like yeah. um um tall and lean. You know, Billy, you know, <laughs> right. Right? right? Yeah, yeah. I don't even that, know what that is. I know it's wrong, but I don't know well, what it is. Well, what it is is it's an adjective modifying the subject of the sentence. Mm-hmm. Right? But the thing is, is when you understand the, the basic mode of expression is this is that, that's putting that before this. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. So it's a, it's, it's, and, and also what you want in an introductory element uh, before the subject of the sentence. Is something that modifies the subject and the predicate at the same time. So this right. is why the, those introducers are generally should be adverbial in nature to express time, manner, or reason. Because if you say at ten o'clock in the morning, Billy ran to the store for cigarettes. Right. Right. Everything on eat the subject and the predicate are both confined by that moment of time you said it in. Mm-hmm. So you've done some good instead of just uh, sleazing in a piece of descri- random right. description, and you're not doing which anything. has nothing to do with the action. I mean, him, right. him walking to the store has nothing to do with the fact that he's tall and lean. No. Right? I mean... Because that's expository information. Yeah. And, and, exposition. and so you're sticking that arbitrarily at the beginning of your sentence. That's right. And you're doing it yeah. for purposes of sentence variation, right? So when you can tell that people don't know how to work a sentence as they do those constructions. Uh, There's a, they occur in a lot of different places than introductory position before the subject. Of course, yeah, they show up on my pages all over the place. But, uh-huh. but you guys together, man, you know, you, you should do 25 years in Leavenworth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jesus you Christ. See, this it always comes down to that <laughs> the superior attitude. Yeah. Of the yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, been dealing just, with it for we years. Just, we oh. just heard a ten-minute rationalization yeah. away yeah. from it, and now yeah. we, we know it's just basically yeah. classist. It's class warfare. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, use guys. I, yeah, use guys. I'm the lowest class of the bunch. I'm telling you. <laughs> no, you know what? It, it occurs to me is that grammar has been forced into this sort of lesson deal for its form. What's that beeping? It's not me. you? It's over there. Pork butt. It is. That was a pork butt alert. <laughs> no, man. No, all right. <laughs> now, let, yeah, right. that's important. How's it going with the pork butt that you've been cooking for us today, right? We have a remote temperature uh, gauge. The, uh, I the big to green egg where the pork is the, being the roasted. The big green egg is holding at 214 degrees. There it is. Right? Mm. Which is going to get us there eventually. Oh, we're going to get there eventually. We're going to get there eventually. Oh, yeah. We the longer always, the, we always don't do. you agree the slower the render, the more... That's a good idea if you have the time, right? Oh, yeah. Depends on the cut of meat, yeah. 
course, we've had a very busy day. You want to rent that? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what were we talking about before, before, the pork, we, before the pork butted in? And, you, and, I, and I believe that's a, a, that's a chuck cut, isn't it? Is that a chuck roast? <laughs> chuck butts. <laughs> I know. This I, is, I know. Dear listeners, I really am writing a book when one of the characters' name is Chuck Butts. B-U-T-Z. And I I really wrote the line, I liked, no, this is past tense, I liked Chuck Butts. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. See, nobody likes it, so okay. I I like thinking of it I'm never going to write again. Highlight, space bar. I don't, I don't like this negative kind of treatment I get for my creative moment. So like what, it meant a lot to me to put Chuck Butts on the page like that. (laughs) <laughs> we're, 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 we're all okay with Chuck Butts yeah. seriously <laughs> he's our favorite all, he's our favorite character in your story we're all 14 years old here at Acme anyway so that's right exactly it's all about pacifying Mag though so like they've been working so this is what they got here what have we ever done that <laughs> right. right but you're trying to make me think so it's going to be okay because I we're here in Los Angeles area I live in, in Wisconsin and I want taco <laughs> no fucking taco. Taco. I am tasty taco. No, because like they got taco here. Not, they got I'm taco not, here. I'm not Mexican. Taco. They're not. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what you. <laughs> yes, you do. You push me to Chicano. I'm, I'm, to, I'm trying to push hey. you to a taco. I don't want to go into a taco. Marcello, Marcello, you're in L.A. You're Mexican. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, the best is my psychologist that kept on calling me Venezuelan. Oh, how could he possibly and I, make and that I, and mistake? And I put up this bullshit for like two months. I'm like, forget it, you're done. Did I figure why he was doing this? I look like, I look like Maduro. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, so in Argentina, I know my wife's over there. Yeah, the next time I see him, how's Venezuela going? I'm like, fucking asshole. <laughs> it was named after Venice. <laughs> Venezuela. Venezia, yeah. Venezuela. Yeah, it was, it was named after Venice. Actually, <laughs> Venice, California was named after Venezuela. <laughs> they wanted to make it a Venezuela there you go. of the Northland. That's right. So, which is why they have all the so Italian. I'm not eating I'm fucking carnitas. Canals. <laughs> it's, think of it as confit. Carnitas is basically a confiture. <laughs> confit coming from a. Oh no! It cheese is. head is cone with confit with no. the feet. Where's the place in, in, in Echo Park? Yeah, confit. Is it La Echo Te- Park where they have the duck confit, confit. tacos? They got those. They got those everywhere. That is so 2017. You know. Well, I think it was years ago. Was, <laughs> what do you? What do you? What do you want? Was it Goldman? Uh, what was, do you want next? A pork belly bow? Who was? Who was the food writer? He just died from from L.A. Uh, Jonathan Goldman. Yeah. Like, I remember he went to this place in, in Echo Park, some little coffee shop. I know he always found the worst restaurants to go. Oh, it was really good, though. So that was, it was a confit, duck confit taco for two bucks. Did you know? go there? Yeah, I read. And it was. You read about it and went there? This is one of the best pieces of food writing ever. It's him describing going to this little coffee shop and having a, like a spiced coffee and chocolate. Did you ever <laughs> notice that he always wrote his reviews in second person? And it annoyed the hell out of me. You will find yourself 
biting into the roast duck and feeling the da da da. See, you're then you'll yeah, inevitably that, have to follow it up. With, they always write that way in yeah, food. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. just making a yeah. joke. Jim's just making. That's a always joke. a food oh, no, He's not making a joke. No, just you think it's all about you. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Give this guy an Emmy. Forget about it. <laughs> hey, hey, look at me. We were, we were, we were talking about mechanics. I think, weren't we? Mechanics. Yeah. So that's the problem. Is like that whack shit that we were just into as a group talking. Yep. That's what we are as artists, right? And like yeah. we're like, I want to, I want to write like that. I want this great. That's yeah, what do. the inside of our brains looks like. Yeah. yeah. Like, right. Right. You know, but like the thing is, is, is. A spontaneous moment with pe- between people is not the same as working it out into a, you know, a language and argument and everything's you know. Unless you do a podcast, measured. well, then there's that you know. But nobody was going to call this art. Oh, you can paint all your life. No, we're not going to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, yeah, right. It's okay, so it's not art. Well, it's certainly not commerce. <laughs> Believe me, this is not show business. No. Yeah, it's a lot of show. We're a lot of show, not much business. Yeah, well, show no me. till I show, show me no your business. I don't know. I think it's a see I think is that the the idea of knowing what you're doing on on all different kind of levels. I know you know like it's right. If only we'd read the podcast instruction book. <laughs> right. Well, see, that's a different thing. We don't know what what is podcast grammar. There is, I'm sure. Uh, there. There. No, yeah, you know what fuck. it is? We do it's the new frontier. Want. It's whatever That's we decide right. it is. I don't think the Wild so. West. I think there's people who really have their shit together with, you know, like producers and, you know, everything's like, they, you know, I, I know people. Like, we know people who do podcasts like this, you know? Yeah. Like this? Like, no, not like this, but like this. I mean, like, they, they have a method to it. There's a, a way, you know? Yeah, like Malcolm Gladwell. and 1A. Yeah, but we, yeah. this is the man. We're not doing yeah. that. 1A on NPR. Right. We're doing, you know, I don't know what. Well, let me remind you, the members as well as the listeners, that this is the Acme Writing Well, let, let, me, let me posit this to you, though. Yeah. Is that we're doing the podcast because it's fun and it's creative. Right. And we don't want to be bogged down with all the technical hippie-hoppy shit that we'd have to learn. You know what I mean? Like, how are you going to introduce We, chemo yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh-huh. sort of. You got to learn something to do it. No, I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking about the, the pasting it together part, which is right. like, that's a different I'm talking about yeah, like a different thing. the way people prepare for and deliver their podcasts. Like if you know, what is the podcast grammar for it? Like we, we don't want to learn that. No. Yeah, I mean, I don't want, wanna, I don't want to listen to like, a, we want to decide you know, we, it. We, 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 we want to decide it, anyway. it and not learn it. Right. Right. And that, that's the sort that's, of thing when is, you pick up type- writing. And you you don't it's the same as that thing. you pick up writing and you, you just want to like write you want to have like the good part you don't want to like you know the hard part. figure out how to do it when you're really doing a high end thing. Because yeah. we're not doing a high end thing here. We're fun though. The only example that was that was never stuck to me. <laughs> I, love, I love that man. Just watching you uncoil the rope, <laughs> fasten it into a noose, and swing bad. it over the tree bow. Yeah, that's what he's doing. That was great. <laughs> dilly dilly. dilly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he dry, he died a true warrior. <laughs> Where were we? Where were we, Sam Marcello? Oh. <laughs> 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 Put the turd in his pocket. 
<laughs> I think it was one of the lessons that back in the day, Magnuson was showing an example of one of the sentence patterns or showing class or talking mm -hmm. about it. And Maria gave Ramon a birthday gift. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, where is he going with this? <laughs> Yesterday morning, Maria, Ramon's ex-girlfriend, dropped by and left him a birthday gift. Okay. <laughs> she set it on fire before she left. No, you can't go. Yeah. <laughs> she said, what was the last line? She set it on fire before she left. Well, that's the second sentence, right? That's a semicolon, maybe. It's a semicolon. Yeah, I knew okay. he, would, he was going for the semicolon. I was going okay, for okay. it. He would probably colon it, actually. I would, well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't accommodate it. We so, were talking but, about this a little bit, though. Like, the, yeah. the, like we're, we prefer the colon to the semicolon. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that a positive I like, no, no. back. I like the fung I like the fungible quality of the semicolon. Oh yeah, man. It's Fungi fungible. Funginitis. No, it's here's the question. So like I can use it anywhere. A semicolon is supposed to express a, a you know, some kind of coordinate relationship between two independent clauses. Now why can't the colon do the same thing? Yeah, it looks like it should. Yeah, and then it looks better. It's capable. It's up to the task. Right. Richard Hugo said that the semicolon is ugly. Is. And there's a point to yeah, it. Yeah, it's right. So why can't you just make the, you know, shift the function of the comma or the, the colon and never use... You keep you keep the top half of the colon and then you put a comma underneath it. It's a beautiful thing. I don't know. I don't Semicolon. Like it. I don't like it. I, I, feel, I feel cheated by it, manipulated. You are manipulated by the semicolon. Yeah, I, the, only th the only thing I know that the sure fast rule is the colon is... Uh, appropriate when you're you know when it precedes a a listing yeah of yes. things yeah preferably three and things so many times that's the only time well, in a lot of writing that you ever see a colon used so. read read graham green yeah okay the master yeah. of the colon oh yeah yeah it was awesome. without they, doubt when i was in grad school in florida <laughs> they had some of those gordon lish people you know like you know like from the cult of gordon lish were down there and and, and they would uh it's a, wasn't he Barry Hanna's editor once? Yeah, he found Barry Hanna. He found, uh, you know, Ray Carver and stuff. Mm -hmm. Raymond like Carver, right. Mm -hmm. You can even find online his edits on a Carver story. It's it's like he chopped it into a third. Hmm. That whole terse style of, of Carver is all so Gordon, Gordon Lish. So what about him? I'm sorry I interrupted. I got none. Gordon Lish, this guy who... I got Nothing. Oh, circling boom, back. So, Tom, mechanics. <laughs> Let's throw it out there. Hopefully, this, you know this doesn't make it into the podcast. But when I, when I, so there's different ways. So you, so you know, there's a this and that. And this is that to me it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have some highfalutin or high, you know, pompous attitude towards grammar. Because the same sentence, Ramon or Maria gave Ramon a birthday gift. Can you believe that bitch Maria gave Ramon a birthday gift? Yesterday morning, she got up, and she went over there, and she gave Maria I mean, Marone a birthday gift. That, wow, he went all interrogative on his ass on that one. Well, I mean, it's like it's you're still performing the same sensibilities as far as the grammar is working, but then you can definitely work around creatively with creatively. <laughs> you can creative. be creative. You can you can be creative with the tone itself. Depending on a narrator. Because people do. Because people express, like we were, we, you know, people express a statement of fact as a question, which right. is what she did there. Right. Right? And we were talking before about New Ulm, Minnesota. How yeah. do you say New Ulm properly? New Ulm. 
New Orleans. Right? Yeah. And like there, they're famous for stating a, making a statement in the form of a question. So you're, it's December and there's a big rainstorm going, or big snowstorm going outside. Yeah. Yeah, It's December, it's raining now? No, no. Okay. So you're looking out at a blizzard in December out to your front window. And what, what you'd say is, is it snowing? Yeah. Oh, instead of it is snowing. Yeah. You make is it, a it question. snowing. So, yeah, rain falling, tornadoes. <laughs> is there a tornado? You know, that just may be an over deferential aspect of their culture. Not wanting to make a statement. Right. Could be. To say, allow the, always allowing the possibility. But that's that, like a crazy, weird substitution, you know? Right. You know? Yeah. And I think there's lots of that stuff. So, in, in the, but the, and that's not a literary decision. No. That's just something that's done by people. That's what people vary the language without the constructions that we are told to use to vary the language, to, to develop cadence and rhythm and, and those are sentence just, variety. I wonder how much of it has to do with the, the uh, people in New Ulm. Uh, it's a pretty closed little community. You know, It's a town of about 10,000 people. And if you're not from New Ulm, you know, it's... they. You know, you know, they're not going to run you out of town, but you know, come sundown. Eh. <laughs> Would you come from again? There's a motel. <laughs> there's know? a motel six just beyond it, the city. It's like limits. that, yeah. and it's a German community, and and they're very close knit. It's a nice little town, clean as a whistle. You know, my grandson goes to school Germans, there now. You know, um, but I wonder how much of that, the, the way you you were just describing, has to do with the. The German heritage, that and they're very proud, you know, of their German heritage. There, big statue of Herman the German up there. Herman, Herman the, the German, yeah, Herman the German. He was German. actual, uh, or mythical, whatever. Uh, old <laughs> actual Angel, mythical. Angel, whatever. I don't know. Uh. I'm not German. Uh, 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 the soldier, whatever, who was, you know, before Frederick the Great or whatever. And he's up on this big pedestal looking. You can see him from all over the valley, the Minnesota River Valley as you come past. It's pretty cool, but I wonder how much of that German heritage, and I know nothing about the German language or how they speak, but uh, has to do with the way, the way well, they talk. Well, here's the thing. That, that, that's organic language. That that's and, and that's a different thing. And I, maybe, maybe we're finally reaching an understanding, Martell. Right. Is that that's a different thing from learning a something that you're like a way of expression that only has to do with the way you're taught to write it, right? Right. Instead right. of like because you're taught, humans, you're, you're taught wait wait you're taught how to write it so you can recognize it when you start becoming you start writing about it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm writing about characters in Pompano Beach, you know, right. Broward County, Florida, and it's a certain way that the there's a way that they speak. The surfers talk a certain way. They go by the pier. Mm. What's up, bro? All good? Yeah. Cool. Mm. Fishermen don't talk that way. They'll, right. They'll, they're, they're, they're at the pier, and they're dumping fish blood in the water. Hopefully right. the, that the sharks get closer to them. So it's a bitch is getting too close to my As line. the surfers are going up. Right. No. <laughs> As the surfers are going up. So it's like, you know. It's like what like, Magnuson would do. <laughs> it's, a, it's a certain way that's expressed. But you as a writer, you have to recognize this. You well, can't because when you're talking get, about it right now, right. You, weren't, you weren't saying it like as they walked by us on the pier. No, absolutely not. Their chins 
you know, waggling in the hot sun, uh, you know, all sorts of things that right. make literature. No, I think he said, he said tall and lanky. They walked out lanky. towards the water. Right. You see all that goes <laughs> The wiry redneck. Right. It's because of convention and writing, you add all these little ornaments like that. But when somebody's really telling you something, as you were just then, absolutely, you had a completely varied, you know, there was variation and rhythm and all that kind of stuff without it being consciously creating a sound like it was written. But we have right? a same, we have like a, a saying in Argentina. It's and I'll just I won't say in Spanish, but there is the ones who play music by ear, and there's the ones who who know music by notation. Mm -hmm. So I, and I asked Rick all the time. I was making his comparison. I mean, I'm like, so yeah. It may sound like I'm playing by ear, but I got to this point where I can tell these stories in a certain way because I first had to go through learning the chops, the notations, which for me allowed me to tell stories in a more, well, I'm actually enjoying the way I tell stories and finding this voice, but I'm more conscious of it. What do you think, Rick? What I mean? Wait, are you talking about you or me? You. Uh, I, when you talked about the two type of people, I'm the first type. The, Which one? the play by ear guy uh -huh. that I, I never, I think I'm even slightly dyslexic when it comes to reading music. So I've never been a good reader. I've always been bored by theory. Uh, and I, I think I've learned most of what I learned from putting the needle back on records of my favorite artists, whether it's Roger Miller, Paul Verne, the Raiders, Procol Harum, Chick Corea, whoever I found interesting at the time and learning it that way. Yeah. Although I did, I did music school for a year and a half where I learned how to play in 12 keys. I under got a basic understanding of probably of the grammar of music, the minimal that you, and you do need that. So you're not just randomly bumping into walls, you know? Well, that's, but it's th not like you could sit and down and read a chart though, or something. It's not like that. Like you, you can read a goddamn chart. I can There's read. Some chord I can changes read. And yeah. Stuff. Oh yeah. But that's me inventing the voicings for the well, chord that's changes. Cool, right? No, as opposed to sitting down and reading, uh, you know, Debussy or Scott. But how Joplin often do you play a situation where you got an orchestrated piano part? Well, never. So what I'm saying. So what am I? I think I'm stupid. <laughs> What are you putting all these notes in front of me for? It's like, it's, I'm, I'm sort of the piano version of the guitar player joke. It's like, how do you get a how do you get a guitar player to turn down? Mm. Put some written music in front of him, <laughs> which is yeah. it's very unfair to most of the great guitar players I know. You know, here's something interesting. It's, that's it's, where you know I'm the, at. You know, you know the French gypsy guitar players. You know, yeah, Borelli Lagrini. You know, oh yeah, 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 right. Like they play super sophisticated jazz swing. Right. Like I wish we could listen to some tonight. You know, it'd be great. You know, but I mean, it's it's. But they don't read music. It's passed down, like yep. like fiddle tunes in Appalachians. Exactly. You know, that's yeah. how they did it. And yeah. it's. I mean, it's. You know. You know. You know. I was working on on a project with um, an Arhu player from China. And you know the arhu is that two-stringed instrument that arhu arhu actually that's good because it's tuned it has two strings and they're tuned in fifths, and you fret it in midair and it, and you would you would recognize the sound it sounds like a cross between a theremin ooh, right and your grandmother's singing or like an old <laughs> Victorola violin or something but it's really charming. So I was working, <laughs> no, it sounds like man yeah. when I go to hell that's going to be on the I'm going to have Bob Dylan. And, and, an Ar and an Arhu player? <laughs> oh, Arhu. With his harp around his neck. Ah! <laughs> no! 
My house you, will be a marchie band all for me tacos. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you know what? I hope that happens to you. No. <laughs> all you get in hell, you get to no. eat tacos. tacos. Worst of all, Dinner fish time. tacos. Taco. <laughs> no, they're dope. They're dope ass tacos though. These oh, are fish good. tacos can be really good. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I believe you. <laughs> what? Tacos. That, we hate to break the fourth wall again, but my daughter is supporting Marcello in his argument. No, she's telling me to start. <laughs> she's like, the fish tacos, nasty. Oh, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Over here on the mic, please. The fish tacos are really nasty. Oh, no. Okay. Good fish See? taco? It's not bad. I wish you had them where? The, 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 <laughs> Taco <laughs> John's? Speaking yeah. of a, here's in, a fun appropriation. In Minnesota? <laughs> it's a fish. Fish fry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a deep fried cut of probably carp. I don't know. Right. Oh, no. right. No, it's, up, uh, it's, it's cod, you know, yeah, what juice. they call cod. Yeah, hard sauce. Right. Yeah. Of course it's going to be good. Oh. No, but here's an appropriation story. So the it's fish cod. taco, the original fish taco was invented by Japanese immigrants to this area. So they, they, they encountered tacos, the Mexicans were eating tacos, and then they had tempura technology. So they figured out they'd fry little pieces of fish and put them in, you know, genius. Cabbage. Oh, Marcello's over to... <laughs> what? It's appropriation. Oh, That's inappropriate. Fuck it's you. appropriation. Inappropriate. No, no wait, he's wait. got this thing going. Like I keep coming back to the hamburger helper thing. Yeah. And that's oh, what it is. God. He thinks With I'm the having a Lipton fucking soup. Tuna. Wasn't that your secret recipe in your meatloaf? Shit. The Lipton, Lipton soup mix? The onion soup mix? Yeah. In the meatloaf? Yeah. What's wrong with that? Oh, yeah, really? <laughs> that, that man, that's part of the ingredients, man. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that in a can of cream of mushroom soup. <laughs> what are you saying? They, they stopped me at customs once in Argentina. I was coming in, and I had like six packets of that. Oh, the onion soup mixed with Lipton? Yeah. And look at me. What is this, man? <laughs> can, can you explain I'm here this? to bring the meatloaf to Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have yeah. no idea what you've been missing. Diced oh, yeah. up onions. Oh, yeah. You know? Ketchup. A, a couple of eggs. <laughs> they don't call it ketchup. Oh, what they call ketchup. ketchup. Yeah, you got to make the little squiggle design on the top of the on the top of the loaf. I did the whole thing. My brother showed me how to make it. He goes, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, the, I never forget. I was oh, a kid. I love uh, meatloaf. <laughs> No offense, but the Americans next door. We're living in Florida. We're called the Americans the next next door, right? They the Americans next door. The Gringos next door. No, but the thing is, in Argentina, Gringos. We don't say Gringos because in Argentina, Gringos are Italians. It's oh. all fucked up. Yeah. But we That's, just said Americans, los, los Americanos, the yeah. Green Green Greenies. Yeah, they're great. So, they, they, so my brother and I were like, I think we're what second grade, third no third grade, and like, hey, the people next door to Smiths are going to invite us over for meatloaf. And my brother goes, you know what the fuck is that? Oh, it's really cool, man. It's just like mom's meatballs, but he just put in a brick. Like, oh, really? It's brick form? Yeah. So we mm. go over there, and we're like, we're going as, you know, cultural anthropologists watching these people making meatloaf. The oh, moment our bro. brother and I was sat there, and we were like, was fascinated, like, this is America. Wow. I'm, I'm going to become a citizen one day. Land of the meatloaf. Is when the milk came out with dinner. Oh. Gallon of yeah. milk with dinner. Yeah. We're like, dude. Do they drink milk with dinner? Yeah. Wow. That's like the that. secret. That's the secret. Because, yeah. Of course, we never could get used to that. Why? Did we drink, at our house, we drank Coca-Cola. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, nope. that's horrible. At yeah. dinner? Dinner, yeah. yeah. 
club that's soda, Coca Cola, Sprite, whatever you want. That stuff was always a treat for us. Oh no, it was, no, not, that was, it was not rotated in. No, Did you have the returnable there's, there's bottles? Something called cholera. Sure, in Latin we still America. do. So you make sure that it's processed. You're, oh, you're drinking it. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. You guys still call it soda pop here in California? Oh, it, the funny thing is, wherever you live, if you live in Louisiana, ask Deborah. It's it's a Coke. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, it's well, a Coke. You go and you order a Coke, and they say, well, what kind of Coke would you like? Yeah, yeah. Oh, 7-Up. <laughs> yeah. What's the most offensive term I've ever heard in my life? Spaghetti noodles. Oh. Yeah, where did he hear that from? Me. I probably got a That's can of it said, right in there. Are we going to make some spaghetti noodles tonight? That's a, like, Anne's laughing over there. She knows... <laughs> She like see one. I like spaghetti noodles. That's what she was a little kid. She was saying. He's looking at me. He finally figured out. Don't you think that's a lot rather redundant? (laughs) Spaghetti noodles. No, you know, noodles are different from spaghetti. To me, noodles have egg in them. Spaghetti does not. Oh, that's what that makes all the difference. That's called fettuccine. What is fettuccine? <laughs> no. Yes. Is, We're is talking about spaghetti with noodles. No, it's it's egg noodle. It's fettuccine. Chicken noodle soup. You put egg noodles in. But I'm telling you, I, I can't stand pasta, but I love egg noodles. But egg noodles are pasta. You can't with egg stand pasta? Like a nice carbonara? You, no. You oh. No. I can't. My, my, it's uh, my it's got to be fresh pasta. If it's fresh pasta, fine. Like a popperdell or something. Oh. But you know popperdell. this. Oh, we've made this joke before about the DiCecco in the box. Right. Do you oh, know the dried pot? Only pasta. the finest, finest to check up pasta. Is that what your dad had? No, I think that you're the one. the finest. It's because <laughs> it's I, I said thing. it tasted like concrete, and you're the one who said, well, you got to cook it first. <laughs> 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 I think uh, if, you, if you consult uh, episode three, season one. That's right. That, that joke occurs at about minute 24. Mm. Yeah. Sub heading. <laughs> Break. So, uh, should we take a break? Yeah, we are on to talking about our favorite <laughs> meatloaf <laughs> recipes. I'd say we're ready for a break. Yeah. All right. Maybe we're, maybe we're hungry. <laughs> we'll be we're, back. We're going to be going for the taco meatloaf. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So, there's no way in God's green earth that we're coming back tonight. So, on behalf of the members of the Academy, this is Rick Crisman inviting you to skip ahead to episode six. We'll see you there, and until then, thanks for listening, and happy writing.